And greetings, everybody. Welcome to the commentary podcast for Dixie Sinberg and Brassy Battalion, episode 34, The Clash of the Comrades. I'm your host, Seth Adam Sure. With me, as always, is the writer of this darn show, Jeffrey Bridges. Say hello. Hello, Seth. Hello. And uh, now on the program, it's our assistant director. Welcome, Jim Hamilton. Hi. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Jeffrey. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello, hello. Howdy. So in this episode, you've got more to do. Yes, I do. Except not yet. <laughs> not quite yet, no. It's coming. It's coming. Wait for it. First of all, we have to get uh, Tommy some very much needed medical attention and get some background material on Frank McGuff. And some... Fighting between Dixie and Lily. Which is yeah, always fun. Uh, everybody fights with everybody episode. Exactly. Yeah, when I started out uh, planning out this season, I didn't intend to have this one spot where all of these different conflicts that had been sort of brewing all season converged, but mm-hmm. as we progressed, I saw that they were all kind of, you know, uh, resolving themselves and coming to a head near the season finale, which, you know, was what you might expect, and so I thought, yes, that's the episode, it'll just, everything will blow up there all together at the same time. You're no excellent. Very much so. Very excellent. And I loved trying to vary the uh, the different little uh, sweltering Mexican heat lines for the announcer. Yeah. To up the comedy on those. <laughs> that was those were great. I actually tried to vary when I was writing them. I didn't want them all to be exactly the same. Was, I was like, how do I change it? I need a thesaurus. <laughs> it's really hot. You served it well. <laughs> And I had a lot of fun uh, echoing the background, so it sounded like they were they were in, you know behind the main uh, the main actor speaking. Hopefully, yeah. it didn't detract like, from their lines. No, I thought it was was really good because it, it added the whole atmosphere. And obviously, they're not going to just you know stop fighting while people are talking. It just keeps going. And I mean, was that like a really big pain in the butt to do? Uh, not actually. It was just a, a question of. of um, uh, of getting the right mix of uh, lower volume than, of course, lower volume than the, the main dialogue, and just a slight amount of reverb, so it doesn't sound like they're in this like great auditorium, but just you know, ten feet, I guess, behind or in front of the those who are speaking. Well, right, but it, I mean, it sounds like there's like a lot of different you know sound effects layered in there, and there's all that walla from the people fighting and everything. I mean, did, did you get oh, a right, lot yeah. of walla from the actors? Um, actually, I I got a great deal of walla, uh, not all of which I used, but uh, we'll save for uh, other occasions, <clears throat> and uh, also put in uh, uh, some sound effects of like chairs being hit over people and like glasses knocking over and you know, and, and all this stuff. So they're like you know fighting and rolling over all this other equipment. That's exactly what I saw in my head when I wrote it. It's just, they're all just rolling around the hangar, breaking everything. <laughs> breaking everything that they took so long to set up. Yep. <laughs> I thought about putting in, like, a, a, a Mexican, like, behind them, or, or somebody saying, Hey, watch where you're fighting! We got all this stuff! But, you know, I thought that would detract from it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Good call there. There's, a, there's only, you know, there's, yeah, there's enough, and then there's too much. He wouldn't let me use the screaming cat, either. Mm. Well, she's probably in there, whether we want her to be in there. <laughs> whether she wants to be or not. And then bringing them up for that moment of uh, of, of extra fighting. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was actually in the script that they like went rolling through like between Frank and Archie or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to use Goofus at first, but Goofus actually didn't come into popular slang until I think it was like the 50s or the 60s, and Goofus oh, really? is what they used back in the so I had to use it, you know. I like Goofus better, but... So it's accurate. There you go. Right on. Well, yeah, I try. In the, if it's not the commercial, then it's going to try to keep even more accurate than anything, but if, if it's in the oh, yeah. credits... No, it's pro- it's not accurate, obviously, at all. But everywhere else, I try to keep it as period-specific as possible. Wouldn't you be all historically accurate? Yeah, yeah, even in the commercials, I've done research for the commercials to make sure, uh, especially like that one we had a little while ago about the car, and I had to look up, you know, the different ways cars oh, right. were made back then and everything. But, right. but yeah, even in the commercials, <laughs> I try to keep it all, you know, uh, times period specific, but it's just, just the credits where you can throw all that out. Well, as, as time as you can with, like, robots in the show. Yeah, right. <laughs> or robots. <laughs> Now, this, this commercial, of course, marks the first appearance of the amazing Noel, and um, I don't know which one of you did his little woogie, spirally noise and poof when he appears, but that was just, I cracked up on a cartoon. It was perfect. It's so funny. That's awesome. That was him. That was awesome. The credits and the, the credits are, uh, and the commercials are all Jim. It's his fault. What did he you did do it. for that sound effect? How did you make it? Um, there's actually in, in both sounds, there's uh, some rather well-used cartoon sound effects that's in there. For the mental noise, it was the snare drum and cymbal at the end, like you'd hear, you know, in a situation like that. And there's like a little violin that just goes slowly creeping up. And then like a backward whoosh. And I forget what all that is. So perfectly old timey. You could almost just see like an audience sitting in front of him going, Exactly. Which is why I wanted to do those so much. I, I, I had to put in some of those <gasps> in the background. Concerning the important business of making it properly, let's get the man who knows. And this is no more the Dean. Right. Oh, no. oh you will see him again. <laughs> I can guarantee you, you will see the Dean again before the show is over. Okay. Do you mean it, really? Promise? I do. Oh, yes. Okay. I trust you. <laughs> it, it took me a couple of minutes to figure out what to do with the description will be spiral you saying that wasn't a specific enough sound effect call for you? I say. No, I just I just need to go okay, will spiral 
Hey, you gotta admit it's a little better than mentally powers. That's a that's a really bad sound effect still. But that one was easy. I mean, <laughs> it, it, as soon as I saw it, immediately in my mind I heard. But what do you know about coffee? Bam! It came from his brain. I had to think about it a little bit. Now, this is something also that uh, most of the audience obviously won't know unless they're like in audience members who are cast members, but mm -hmm. all of the amazing Neville's lines in the script are in all caps because <laughs> everything he says is the most exciting thing he's ever said. <laughs> Which I think Bill pulled off very well with the delivery. Yes, I um, agree. He definitely throws it out there just like that. Welcome, Bill, to Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion. <laughs> Absolutely. Bill actually makes it really easy to mix those lines that way because um, he throws just a little bit of a compressor on his voice that really pushes the fundamental tone of his voice when he starts talking. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm mixing, it's just effortless because he's right there! <laughs> now, um coffee. Yes? That came from... Oh, it was a coffee commercial. Oh, that's all? No special well, about um, the, the, like, dating uh, thing and the fact that it now comes in a sack. Well, okay, it wasn't a sack. It had, like, something a little fancier than that, but... <laughs> Which I thought yeah, was great. The whole, the whole uh, rich taste and coffee-flavored crystals and all of that stuff, all, that was all right out of a commercial. You know, of course, playing oh, yeah. it up more than they do, but, yeah. This was a right out of a coffee commercial. <laughs> His delivery is fabulous. There is no need for a high price container. Instead, Um Coffee uses an inexpensive paper sack. And the consumer He's got the right the right pacing for that. Yes, it's true. I used to kind of snip the Dean's lines here and there for pacing, for style. But uh, I'm sorry, Jerry. But yeah, uh, just a little bit. Really, well, it was, it was until we made the Shatner connection. <laughs> <laughs> but now that the director, you know, is to, to control the pacing and the takes and everything. So I mean, that's that's what you're supposed to do. Well, yeah, but then you know, Jim became involved and he had the the whole Shatner connection. I was just like, you know, thinking back, I could have left it. Thinking back, of course, I could have left him as the wood and 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 had more of the Shatner effect. But uh, I just didn't think about it until the wiggly spirally noise came on. Yes. Yeah. Where Benedict has just flung his massive muscular body into the fray. <laughs> yes, thank you for the high scream there, Pete. That was that was great. <laughs> I think it said girly scream in the in the script. So. Yeah, actually. Yeah, it did. <laughs> and as you can hear it, um he punches each person twice. Yeah, he's pretty serious when he's mad at people. Yeah. And it's not like just shoving them, them all up. <laughs> Do not mess with the Russian. That's right. <laughs> or Dixie. Yeah, either.
Or the Beast, for that matter. Oh, the Beast is... I think this is Beastie. I think this year is Benedict's uh, longest single line in the entire run of the show. He's usually, you know, more brief, so, you know, a man of few words, but he goes on for a little bit here. Well, there were a few... Uh, pieces in the season three premiere with him and Dixie outside the bar where he's talking about uh, about um, what's her name I've forgotten her name you're in your ship. yes um, about how they would like to how, how she'd like to make all those stories about the moon mm-hmm. um, so that was good but yeah usually he's just very very kind of you know one line and that's all he needs to say Cornelius you are wise this is unlike you oh I'm wise and now he's listening to us. You think I ain't good enough for her? Because you aren't, and she's got better things to do than to teach you. Yeah, I could have put in more background environments, but I thought uh, in this scene that that the the characters, the actors, should pull the weight. And so all you're here is like the office. The uh, the quote unquote uh, Eraquest office background hangar noise is, is here, uh, plus the the outdoor Mexican jungle sounds in the background, and that's it. She's a fine thing. She's a fine lady. Is that what I'm hearing in my right ear? That is what you are hearing. Aside from me. Did somebody replace Joey when I wasn't looking? <laughs> yeah, that is very unlike Joey. He's getting uh Well no, I mean it's soft. Going back even to the end of season one where he uh was the one who was able to um save Dixie in, uh when she was fighting Billingsley and, and you know put himself in danger to to, to uh send Billingsley, you know, down crashing. I mean that was I mean that's where you started seeing the beginning that there was a you know softer, more noble side to Joey that was kind of, you know, buried under the surface because he wanted that, that well, yeah, but that's in a tough guy image. Yeah, but that's in a plane, not on the ground. It's different. Well, right, he's developing. He's getting there, you know, he's opening up a little. It's so cool. Yeah, and in order to make up for the nice way that he's being right now, he makes them chilly. <laughs> that's well, this is another thing too here is where, where Corny reveals that he was the one who uh, sabotaged the food, which um, I don't know if it came off back when the episode where he was cooking the food with Esmeralda in the kitchen, but in the script I had put that there were a few extra, like, uh, spice shakes over his food, you know, while he was talking. And I, noticed, yeah. I know you put those in there, Seth, but I don't know if people picked up on the fact that it wasn't him doing it because you can't really tell that from audio. Well, yeah. yeah I, it was I, supposed I, to be Corny, Duke, you know, shaking stuff in there when he wasn't with him. I could have put in little, like, had had uh, Scotty do some little thing, you know, let's see if what he does with this or something. But I didn't think about that. Yeah, but I, but I didn't want him to, but I, we didn't want him to feel, like, totally evil, like that, that mustache twirling type of evil. So. I know, I know Scotty could pull it off, like, nobody's business, but. Maybe for the blooper reel. This is very entertaining, I must say. Makes me want to listen. <laughs> Wait, is that the point? <gasps> Why, yes! Tell him what you told me. Why? What good will it do? 
And no, I'm not going to say that in Jeffrey's voice while Jeffrey. Aww. <laughs> 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 be surprised how often that happens, Jeffrey. <laughs> oh, well, I'll just have yeah, to go Jeff on. Jeff and I have entire conversations and in the announcer and commercial announcer voice. I've got him hooked. Oh, yes, I've got him hooked. He's doomed. <laughs> At least for the life of Dixie Stenberg. He's doomed. And here's where we learned, uh, you know, a little more about Lily and why she drastically overreacted to uh, Freudenberg. Because I remember when we had the episode that revealed uh, what happened with her and Freudenberg and what Freudenberg did that made her all mad. And a lot of people were like, well, that's ridiculous. Why did she get so upset about that? So now you know why. It almost cost Tommy his life. You recognized your air of encounter, boss, but I did not. So much drama. I was listening to So much audio drama. Sorry. Couldn't resist. Had to happen. You can never know how truly. I should have had the yeah, this episode's much higher on the drama, but you'll get much more action next month in the season finale. Oh, will you oh, ever. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Do tell. <laughs> yes, we will be telling hours next month. Hours and hours. <laughs> and, but they will love it. I'm sure they will. You will love it, won't you? And it's nice, nice for the characters to, you know, in, at the beginning of the show, they're all in each other's faces and, and, and very um, aggressive, and now they're all just kind of backing off and calming down. It's a very good counterpoint to to the the previous scene. Where they're all beating each other up, and now everyone's hugging. Yay! Yay. Well, except for Dixie. The end, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Dixie, I don't think hugs that much. Which is a shame, really, because she could use some good hugging. I think so. Unlike some others who ain't so honorable as they come at all. Very well, Frank. Oh yes, and then this is uh, a little bit more of a reveal from uh, from Witherspoon. Yes. Oh, that's right. Giving us a little bit more of the uh, the mysterious. Uh, what, what, the, the woman of mystery. That's what we called it. A few. I don't remember. That was a few episodes back when uh, Nev's true intentions became clear when she uh, they went to rescue Volker and she, you know, tried to stop them by, you know, notifying them. Uh, base guards and everything, but, but even then it wasn't. Kind of the, even then it wasn't really like 100 percent apparent. I mean, you knew there was something going on. Right, right, right. This is the first time where you find out that in the very first episode of this season, when Withersby says that they got the tip, you know, and they're coming down here to follow Scar, and now you find out where that information came from. Thank you, Nev. Thank you. And America thanks you. How could she? So then, of course, that begs the question, I wonder what happened, what will happen next time Tommy and Nev are into each other. <laughs> what indeed? Hmm. That will be interesting. Same Dixie time. <laughs> You'd almost think it was something I was planning. Hmm. 
Nah, it couldn't be that. She could not compromise her true cover, don't you see? She had to have plausible deniability when she returned the scar. <sighs> Always due to plausible deniability. <laughs> that old chestnut. So driven, so determined. <laughs> it's a good chestnut. Nothing else mattered to her. Nothing. But that, that I love how Jeremiah said really that. Well done. She still loved me. What have I done to her? This is what I get for opening myself back up to someone. Well, you can't sink like that. And more angst. That's right, Dixie. Yep, yep. Didn't you clear up some problems again? That's nice. This is a What, they don't get a vacation first? This is their vacation. Yeah, what are you talking about? They spent a year in Mexico now, or whatever, so, come on. That's a good time, right? Um, they'll be doing enough work in 35. Great, that's a great vacation. I think, uh, ask Mr. Galen if it's been a vacation. It's like a nice mud bath in the pool, too. Volker's always on vacation. That would explain a lot about him. <laughs> I see things just got a little out of hand, but cooler heads prevailed and uh, no harm done, I think. Yeah? Scott Vinicombe mm. as Cornelius yeah. Robertson's... Yeah. I am not so sure, son. I was abusive and downright barbaric, and I only hope Mr. Scalzetti will forgive me. Anthony Fiselli is Scalzetti. They're starting to get along. What is the world coming to? Ooh. Chris Britton as Thomas Galen. Dixie, I didn't mean about Nev. I, what I meant to say was, oh, well, I saw <laughs> in your face. I could just see her yeah, flicking her hair back. Lily was, you know, turning out like every episode for the first three or four episodes of this season. I love it. Bill is such an instigator. <laughs> well, he is a villain. And he is contractually obligated to be in the credits. That's right. So it doesn't matter if he if he instigates anything or not, he's going to be there anyway for them to hit. <laughs> a little bit of uh, improvisation there. Thank you, Pete. And then I go and make up. Just cruel, I tell you. Justin Dobby as Volker. Now, now, not all of them. There's still that matter with Thomas Nevin Dixie to deal with. Justin. I made popcorn. It's a nice munching sound effects, by the way. Why, thank you. Alicia Marie Parsons Esmeralda. You two are horrible people. Yeah, hi. We are the villains. You're, you're <laughs> pleasure and the pain of others. Schadenfreude is a German word for a reason. You're not even German. And you're I had to put the Renny voice in there. It's just really funny. Yeah, it actually works better like that. Women on this show anyway. It's so confusing. Either way, will you go out with me? <laughs> Volker can't keep the cast straight. <laughs> he wouldn't be Volker otherwise. 
Oh, I love this. And then there's ad from Kristen in here, too. Yeah. <laughs> Are you talking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that yeah, there's been nothing but, but subtle hints about that one of the triplets, you know, for like a year, but there's <laughs> Kristen just throw that out there. It's hilarious. I believe it's hot robot on robot action. I think that's something else entirely. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah, wasn't that in Requiem for a Dream? Uh, maybe. It him. It him. And love that noise. Jeffrey Bridges. Those noises just crack me up every time. That's awesome. This is Stay tuned next time as the forces of S C A R and Brassy Battalion Did I fumble there? Just before S C A R Listening to a panel production of the, the last Italian Adventure Theater brought to you by Um Coffee. And remember, fear not, dear listeners. <laughs> I love how it's the sound effects barely even over, and he's already like yelling at you about coffee. <laughs> Stan help himself. The blend that has the delicious, full body goodness that you need is. Ah, oh, he's so refreshing. Or maybe it's the coffee. <laughs> and then there's this little... <laughs> From Christy. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask if we, if we left that in here. Had to. <laughs> and then, you know, looking around first, stuff to just, you know, kind of a, a bookend to when I had... Uh, the extra lines from uh, from M when she was doing the fighting noises back from that one when they busted Volker out of jail and Lily had all these or, or Alicia had all these great uh, fighting noises that she sent so <laughs> yeah so you know had to put them in thank you Alicia all right now that we've heard someone called Dixie flat-chested, I think we're done here. Touche. <laughs> <coughs> well, thank you very much. I had a great time. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll, uh, we'll talk to you folks next month for the season finale. Woo! Maybe. Oh, yeah. If you're good. Even if you're not. It'll still be here. <laughs> we'll still Bye-bye. be talking. Have a good evening, morning, day, thing. Yeah.